Come behind the curtain and follow private investigator Sheila Waisaki for Season 6, Defamation or Truth, in the matter of Christian Andriacchio. I know everyone will be excited that this is the last episode of Jet Miller's deposition. I do know it was hard to listen to. It was very hard to be in the room listening to it live. I have heard from several people it was hard to understand Jet. I get that. I wanted you to hear Jet Miller in his own words. In this episode, we will revisit the critical points of the season and uncover new insights into the case. Jet Miller has made shocking revelations in this deposition, and we are here to analyze them. I have Ray Andriacchio to help me analyze what was learned during the deposition. I have asked Tom Shaw, who is an attorney in Dallas, Texas, who recently won a $206 million verdict for a victim's family, the Cruz family. Jet Miller stated he did not know whose idea it was to sue. Jet Miller said his mother, Jan Miller, Whitley Goodman, and Frankie Wagner, Whitley's uncle, went to see Seth Hunter after Clanton dropped out of the lawsuit. This is a critical piece of information and raises the question of why they went to see Seth Hunter and if that meeting was discoverable. Behind the scenes, there are court documents regarding Jan Miller's appearance in court. Jan Miller showed up in court, addressed the judge directly, that Brad Clanton was closing his practice. After that court date, Jan Miller also emailed the judge directly. Jan Miller, Jet's mom's behavior, may be normal in Meridian, but it raises red flags for me. I have never heard of someone address the judge directly. Things may be different in Meridian. When asked the specifics of the lawsuit, Jet Miller was really not able to articulate the case which raises questions about the validity of the case. Why proceed with the lawsuit? I have my theories. I sat down with Ray Andriacchio to talk about the case. I can't imagine being you and listening to Jet's deposition and all of his accusations about you and everybody in the group, but mainly you and your family and your daughter. And as he's being deposed, one by one by one, each one of his accusations, he had to swear to tell the truth. And in his own words, they all dissipated. What was your thoughts listening to that? I mean, you and I both, we had discussed it. We knew that they didn't have a leg to stand on, um, in, in my opinion, that we had not said anything, quite frankly, that wasn't true and that we, most of it could not, you know, it could be all backed up by witnesses or documentation or whatever. It didn't come across very, very well. I guess I didn't expect much. And so I didn't, it, from him, um, and what I expected I got as far as 
you know, he wasn't truthful about a lot of things that he said, even though he was under oath. You know, there was a lot of things he said about my family or the family dynamics that were not true. I mean, you know, things he said about my father that I went back and asked my father and he was like, you know, no, I never said that to him. I never said that, had that conversation with him or anyone in the family. And so I think they have always tried to put a, to split our family. Um, and, you know, so it, and it really didn't work. This is Tom Shaw. You, you always want your client to tell the truth and you warn them in advance of the deposition, typically that the, the stenographer who's typing this in has made you take the swear before giving your deposition that you are going to tell the truth. Therefore, if you lie, you're subject to the penalty of perjury, which is a felony in the state of Texas. And I'm sure it's a felony in the 49 other states and in all federal courts. The witness should understand that it, A, it keeps them out of criminal trouble to tell the truth, and B, it helps their civil case for them to be entirely truthful in their deposition. Now, it's it's very important in civil depositions for the lawyer to prepare the witness for what's about to happen, because typically witnesses aren't used to giving their deposition. It's a very unnatural action. Ray and I discussed the day that Jan Miller, Jet Miller's mom, showed up in court. In court, Jet Miller's mom, Jan Miller, shows up and addresses the court and says that the attorney's not going to show up. They're going to get another attorney. And then later, she emails the judge. And I think out of everything that happened in the judicial system, that shocked me the most. When you're the mom of the plaintiff, I've never heard that before. No, I think it was very unusual. I think all of our attorneys were a little bit, I think, maybe a cross between amused and, I mean, it was very much against protocol. Flabbergasted. Seth that takes over the case and you've got four people that go into a meeting, two of which are not part of the lawsuit. It was a very, yeah, I think that we wanted to know, you know, and never really got the answers we wanted as far as who was actually writing the checks and for the, the, the legal fees and making the decisions. I think we had it down to one of two or three people. But um, that was something that I wish, you know, would have come out in. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Depositions. This is Tom Shaw. If there are four people that walk into your office 
and only two of them are the plaintiffs. Do you ask the other two to leave or? Yes. Okay. If you don't, is that meeting discoverable? Yes. The meeting, the, not only the meeting is discoverable, but what was discussed in the meeting is also discoverable because you're holding discussions in front of non-clients. In this particular lawsuit, we agreed not to disclose certain aspects of the testimony. However, if someone subpoenas us in another lawsuit, that information can be disclosed or cannot be disclosed at that time. If you entered into a confidentiality agreement in connection with the first lawsuit, it depends on what the confidentiality provision says. But typically, if you are subpoenaed, you have an obligation to turn over the things that are subpoenaed. And the person who was the beneficiary of the confidentiality agreement would then have the opportunity to object to the production of that document or documents based on this confidentiality agreement. One of the questions I asked Tom is we signed agreements that we would not talk about this case, certain areas. I would not agree to be silenced about it because I feel that people should see what you went through, what you were being accused of, because if people didn't have to sit through and listen to Jet and the questions and the answers, they would not know what a farce this was. And the fact that we can put it out there and let people know what you went through as a victim's family and the fight that you have to continuously do, I think that that served you all, even though it's horrible to relive. It also shows the behind the scenes of victims' families and how they have to defend themselves. Well, and you also had to think that, you know, even though there are certain areas that we can't talk about, um, how bad must those areas be if you, if just look at what we have been able to talk about? <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there were. There were a few areas they wanted to pick and say, you know, to kind of stand their ground about not, and we, we agreed to it because we don't know, care. Yeah, I, mean, I don't care. We talked about it anyway, right. but um, anyway, but it's just, it just goes to show that if they allowed us to talk about, agreed to talk about the stuff we have talked about, just imagine what, what allowed to be talked about. So well, and I stayed away from certain things because it would have brought other people in it. However, I did not stay away from the fact that they did not disclose to the police and they got together, according to Jeff's testimony, that Zach Tab would not be mentioned. And I find it very, very interesting that Zach Tab and Matt Miller say completely different stories than Jet Miller. And after listening to his deposition, you've got two people saying one thing and Jet saying another. Somebody's not telling the truth because they're two completely different stories. Right. And, you know, I think that, in my opinion, Zach Tapp was the weak link. You know, he was the one that they was afraid he'd break if, police did ask him questions he wouldn't be able to keep the story straight which you know none of them were but 
undoubtedly there was a reason they agreed. Everybody agreed that he didn't, his name didn't need to be mentioned. And then of course, later we find out there's other people that weren't mentioned, um, I guess, intentionally. Still, you know, even now we're finding out things. I mean, we deposed someone last week and there was, you know, a question answered that had been bothering uh, me um, this entire time. And so, you know, we got an answer to that. Um, and so I think that the depositions are helpful. And sometimes they don't even realize it's being helpful. You know, they, they don't think that that's an important question, but it is important because then it, it relates back to something somebody else said. And, you know, because they don't know who else we've deposed and they don't know what they've said, you know, um, you know, it's been interesting that we have found out that there's, I guess, in a way you would consider it witness tampering or um, intimidation. Um, we we knew it had occurred with one or two individuals, but now we found that it has occurred with more, you know, and so you know, trying to go and make people say that I have, you know, bribed them or I have bullied them into saying something and, and you know, um, just because it's something that they don't like, you know, if you don't like the answer, well, then Ray must have paid them or Ray must have bullied them. <laughs> That's always the go-to, you know. <laughs> and um, so it's, if we can just get a special prosecutor, I think all of this will come out and it's going, going to look very damning on a lot of people and things that have been said and, uh, you know, not just about my family, but it, I mean, especially about Christian. You know, so the people you're fighting against to have a special prosecutor are the very people that are supposed to speak up for victims, families. Mm-hmm. You've got an attorney general that you would think as a mother and a female would help you. And you've got a DA who's a female. I think that they are people that should be voted out of office, but that seems to be what that area wants. The same area that you can directly Mm -hmm. talk to a judge. I wouldn't say it's what the area wants. It's what we're stuck with. This, This cycle, no one's running against the DA. And... Nobody wants that job. Believe me, we try. <laughs> we try every four <laughs> years and we'll continue to try. But, um, you know, it's not a very well paid job. It's not, um, you know, any, even if you're a bad attorney, I've been told you can make more than the DA makes. And so, unless you just want the, the power that comes from it, I mean, that's the only thing you're getting that benefit and state benefits. Mm-hmm. And so most attorneys who've gone through law school, they, you know, they want the money. I mean, they want to provide a much better lifestyle for their family than a DA salary is going to provide. And so, I mean, just like with Bilbo, nobody ever ran against him because nobody wanted the job. 
You want people in there that have integrity, that have compassion. A DA should be speaking for the victims. I've never seen a cycle of, and it's not just your area. I mean, of course, we experienced it in Dallas. You've got an attorney general that isn't helping you, which is shocking to me because you're not going away. The case is not going away. And you have a lot of people watching her. If they have political aspirations outside, side of being the DA or attorney general, they've screwed themselves, in my opinion. I do feel that, you know, her aspirations isn't topped out at being the attorney general. And I hope that when she tries to run for governor or whatever her next move is, and she will then have strong competition, even within her own party, that she had, you know, that this is brought up and the, what she allowed her office to do and stood back and did nothing. Um, uh, you know, it says a lot of what kind of person she is, but then you can look at the people who have backed her and the people who have backed Casey Coleman and know what kind of people they are. But do you feel like you got anything of value during his deposition? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that the... The, you know, again, answered the question about Zach Tab. We always wondered why his name was not. It took forever, I mean, to find out who who was the other person there, you know, or or one of the other people there. Um, you know, again, the fact that he lied uh, still about his whereabouts and his activities. And I mean, you know, saying that he was asleep when we know he wasn't asleep, if you go by his phone records. Um you know, he has phone records showing activity, showing, you know, that he's obviously on his phone. I mean, just the fact that he lied and about certain things shows that he's hiding something. You don't have to lie. I mean, that's what we always said from day one, as far as from the day that this happened, started all this in, you know, motion was, you know, why did Whitley have to tell about five different stories if it happened like she said it happened? Why did there have to be so many, you know, lies told by multiple people to cover up another lie and to cover up this and, you know, and even police and different um, law enforcement people? I mean, why are you dipping and dodging being served if you're law enforcement um, and especially state level law enforcement? I would think that that shows that you're worried or you're guilty of something. Um, I would have never thought that a state level law enforcement person would refuse service of a deposition. And um, I mean, I would just think that would be unethical and professional. And when you do that to me, you're saying, I don't want to answer questions because I don't know how to answer them. I can't tell the truth because that's going to get me in trouble. And so I'm just going to avoid as much as I can being served. Um, so anyway, it's, I mean, and, and honestly, you know, all the attorney general people are coming with attorneys, which to me looks guilty already. Why do you have to come with an attorney? Um, if you're law enforcement, uh, you're not being sued. I'm not suing them individually. Uh, I can understand it if I was suing them, 
but they're just coming to answer their witness, basically. And they're coming with an attorney telling them what they can and can't answer. It's that just seems shady to me. Do I think eventually will we get Christian? You know, it that well, yes. I guess I've become very cynical about people being held accountable. Oh, I didn't say they'd be held accountable, but the truth will come out. Uh, well, I think that when you see a special prosecutor appointed, that's when the rats are going to start scurrying. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, so much time has gone by and there becomes some comfort and, oh, well, it's been six years. It's been seven years. Still nothing has happened. She can't get anything done. Nobody's listening to her. Um, I think that if and when, and, and we will, because even, you know, we still have other things that we're talking about doing as far as getting a special prosecutor. Uh, when we get a special prosecutor, I think that's when you're going to start seeing people panic. Right now, they don't have to panic because they know that Cassie ain't going to do anything. They know that Lynn Fitch ain't going to do anything. So it's like I've always said, I could have someone on tape right now having confessed exactly what, what happened and who would I take it to? Right. You know, everybody's going to go, oh, not me, not me. I'm recused. I'm this, I'm that. Um, but, you know, get a special prosecutor and it's going to be, you know, a whole different ballgame. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So what are the chances at this point of getting one? Uh, I mean, Cynthia says it's going to happen. She feels confident in the process. Um, there is something else, you know, currently she's filing a motion. I think it's due this week uh, regarding the special prosecutor. That's at the Supreme Court uh, because we, you know, filed, uh, appealed um, Judge Wright's decision about, he said that he, it was out of his hands. He couldn't appoint anyone. So we uh, appealed that saying, you know, the Supreme Court needed to interpret uh, their opinion that they've already given. Uh, to, you know, people are interpreting it two different ways. So we're waiting to see how they interpret it this time. Um, then if that, if they rule against us or I say, I guess don't appoint someone, then we have... Um, something else that she has in the works that the next step that she can do to, to force that, hopefully. Well, you know, I believe you're going to get justice. And I believe that the work that you've done is inspirational to a lot of victims, families. And I hate that you've had to defend yourself, your family and Christian throughout this process. It's not right. And the people that are computer warriors post things about victims' families without knowing the entire case. I don't understand why you would do that and why you would try to harm a family in the worst time of their life. I feel like you have been so strong and so many of the families I work with talk about how 
an inspiration you are. This has been hard to listen to this deposition and go through it, but I wanted people to hear what you had to put up with. And I wanted people to hear who was suing. And I believe the reason the lawsuit to this day was brought was to silence people. Jet's name was never spoken in my podcast. I mean, I said the same thing then when it happened. I said, I stand behind everything that I ever posted, ever whatever. And I didn't go and take one thing down because it was like, well, first off, I mean, it's already out there, you know, so no reason to take it down. And secondly, I felt like I could back up anything I ever said. Um, I've always been pretty factual. I've never gone too much on an opinion other than maybe politically as far as like a Cassie situation or something. But um, as far as just, you know, when, when I was talking about things to do with the case and the people that was involved in the case, I always try to be pretty factual. Might not have been nice facts, but it was facts. <laughs> they could be backed up. So. I didn't change one word and I wasn't planning on it because everything I said was truthful and could be backed up. I don't think that it was about defamation, clearly, because Jet didn't know what he was suing over. It was about silencing people that were loud and getting the information out there. Well, I will say, and I don't follow true crime, so maybe this happens with all of the the cases, you know, the, the different cases that are covered in podcasts. And I mean, whether they're, you know, big podcasts or small podcasts, but um, I I don't know if there's such um, hostility, you know, between the two sides. I don't know if, I just feel like that ours was pretty bad. Ours was pretty bad as far as, I mean, it still is. I mean, still to this day, there's people who go and say, terrible, terrible things just to say them. It's not because I don't, I mean, they don't no more believe what they're putting half the time. It's just, it's controversial and it's, you know, it's attention seeking and they want to be relevant. And they think that if they can claim that they, uh, you know, they were close to our family or they were this and they have the inside story and they have, you know, all this stuff, um, but I, again, I just try to, I think the best thing is keep your head down, try to ignore as much of it as you can, keep going your, you know, if you don't know about it, then it really can't hurt you. So I just try not to know about as much of it as I <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and I wonder for them if it was worth it. I definitely don't think they got what they thought they were going to get. Um. But I don't think any of them have. I don't think that any of them have ever gotten the reaction that they expected. Um, they're very poor readers of people. And of, um, I mean, I've again, I've kind of gone back to Cassie. I've always said she could have been the hero from day one. I mean, you know, back the day that she was appointed. And why she chose to go the other way, thinking that was going to somehow gain her some type of popularity i don't know because that has greatly backfired on her um really never seen a group of people who have as poor of skills of just being nice 
and getting people to like you. I mean, you know, they just don't know how to um, present themselves in a positive way. But, you know, I, th I think when the Cruz family, you know, they, they won in court. And then recently, you know, we had uh, Amanda Shirley, who's been fighting for just about as long as I have. Um, you know, they actually had an arrest. Uh, so you hear of those type of victories of other families. And then that makes you feel like, you know, well, you, you know, we are going to get there. It gives you hope and it, it kind of encourages you to keep going. Um, cause I, I posted something on justice for Christian about, you know, a victory for one of us is a victory for all of us. As far as just, it just makes us all feel better. You know, um, I've, I've never met Amanda face to face. I've never, I've, well, I have met the cruises, but you know, just kind of, um, in passing, but you feel very connected to them and you feel you're, you're happy for them. You're sad for them when they have a defeat and you're happy for them when they, um, you know, I ask you just about every time I talk to you, I, you know, I ask about the cruises, I ask about the ages, you know, um, just because you feel like you want them to, to have victory, you know. Well, yours is coming. I think it is. It's just taking a little bit longer than I would have projected, but it will get there. It will. What's going on with getting Whitley deposed? Uh, well, uh, she is still kind of dipping and dodging. Um, we went to Harrison County when she has been held in Harrison County. And we went there to depose her because she had been served and she was in jail. So we went down there to depose her and she refused pretty much to participate, I guess you would say, in the deposition and stated that she wanted additional time in order to get legal counsel, which we agreed to. Um, and then she was transferred to Florida and was in jail there for four to six weeks, something like that. She was served again while she was in jail at Florida, in Florida. And uh, then they released her prior, prior to the actual deposition taking place. And of course she has disappeared. And um, so we're going to see what can be done as far as with her being on probation and not making contact or making arrangements for the deposition since we had planned on going to Florida to depose her there, uh, thinking that she would still be in jail. So, you know, for someone who, during the defamation lawsuit, everyone, uh, all of her supporters, I guess her family, uh, oh, she knows she's got to be deposed. She's ready. She's fully ready to tell her side of the story. She has been given multiple opportunities and even legally should have been responsible for showing up to be deposed. And yet she refuses. So um, I am hopeful that if you are on probation and you skip out on a deposition that was served from the court that your probation can be revoked, but that may be wishful thinking, but we will see. If somebody is incarcerated and they have been served, but they get out before 
the deposition and they don't show up, is that a probation violation? It depends, Sheila. That's a, that's a great question. It depends on the t- the uh, terms of of probation because each probationer has a different set of of terms. Now, the the issue there again is, do you want to involve the probation officer because that may be something that that gives the process server some leverage over the the potential witness or. I assume that this is a subpoena to appear for a deposition as opposed to appear at trial. So if the person fails to appear, then typically what happens is the moving lawyer, the lawyer who wants to take the deposition, will ask the court to enter what's called a show cause order directing the witness to show cause why he shouldn't be held in contempt of court for failing to appear at a deposition. For purposes of that, then if he he or she doesn't show up, if the judge is so inclined, they'll enter what's called an order of attachment. And in Texas, the order of attachment is sent to a deputy sheriff or a deputy sheriff's office for execution and then the deputy sheriff goes out to try to find the person who didn't show up and incarcerate them until they what's called purge their their contempt we're waiting for the judgment from the um, federal court as far as with the Karen Yax case uh we expect that really anytime had the hearing two weeks ago, I guess it was, 10 to 14 days ago. And, um, you know, still waiting on some final conclusion to the Frankie Wagner conspiracy case. Uh, You know, we, the Supreme Court ruled against us. uh, So now we have a rehearing. We've, We've applied or petitioned for a rehearing. And I wonder for them if it was worth it. Let me ask you this. Did you deceive your employer by using synthetic pee? Um, no, sir. You did not deceive your employer. I didn't lie to him and say him directly or no. However you want to look at it, sure. Okay. And you did that for a $1,200 a week job. Um, uh, that's how you're looking at it. I so, guess so. But you're telling me today that you're not lying at all about a $30 million lawsuit. No, sir. If you know anything at all, call 1-888-599-0008 or email tips at sheilawysaki.com.